You've just accessed Shekinah glory, the place where God dwells among His people. Prepare now to receive the Lord as Pastor Rex Ricks connects you to the power of God through the prophetic revelatory preaching and teaching of the Word of the Kingdom of God. Experience the revelation of Jesus Christ on another level from the place where God dwells among His people. Now, hear the Word of the Lord. As you know, we've been talking about reaping a prepared harvest, going out collecting those who are ready for reaping as fishers of men. Amen. We have the responsibility as disciples of Jesus, as fishers of men, to gather in those who are ready to be reaped. And we started out strong, and yet we're still running somewhat uh, strong, but not as strong as we could be running And sometimes there's this uh, enemy called excuses that would stand in our way relative to spiritual things. So we have taken on the subheading, no longer or stop making excuses, excuse me, stop making excuses. And today we want to talk about overcoming excuse making. So I want to give you some things or at least begin to give you some things relative to overcoming excuse making, particularly where your spirituality is concerned. Get into that place as a believer. You guys can look at me. Everybody looking down like y'all, y'all, uh, y'all know y'all not taking notes on what I'm saying. <laughs> look at the brother. Get, get off social media. Look at me, man. You know, look at, look at me because it's hard to pay attention when you, okay, I'll let you know when to write, okay? So y'all look at me until I say, take this note. Amen. I mean, everybody's head was down. Is something going on that I don't know about? Okay, so, so, so we want to pay attention. If it was a rattlesnake, it might have would have bit you on the toe, so pay attention. Okay, so, so where your spirituality is concerned, we want to get to the place where we no longer make excuses. Um, this is something that you as an individual have to do intentionally. You have to be willing to look at self and say, self, it's time out for excuse making. Where you are today is due in part of excuses that you've made up until now. And even if life is great, and I know it is for many of you, there are yet greater things to achieve and acquire. Don't settle for where you are, okay? Um, And once you get to that place where you realize that when I start taking responsibility for my ability, only then will you begin to see the light of a new day or things turning around for you. I'm telling you, this can be so deeply embedded that we live in a place of, of, of where we blame others or we have that victim mentality and it's everyone's fault but mine. So I want to challenge you or the Spirit of God is challenging you through these messages to get to the place where I no longer make excuses where my spirituality is concerned. Get connected, stay connected, get in your uh, uh, position, get in your spot and run for the Lord like never before. Listen, uh, uh, and, and you can tell throughout the body of Christ that there is great distraction when as believers we are not gathering in a harvest that Jesus said is already prepared. And the reason being is we are like Martha for most people. We are busy. We are encumbered about many things. And we want Jesus to want we want Jesus 
or we ask Jesus like Martha, Lord, let pastor understand. Let such and such understand. Don't they know that I have a life? <laughs> what did Jesus tell Martha? Listen, I'm not going to take the most important thing away from Mary. She is doing the most important thing. What? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, or as one translation puts it, seeking first the kingdom of God. The gospel is the most important thing. I'm not going to take that away from her. Mary understood that if I seek first the kingdom, all these other things that have me distracted will come to me. Are you with me? But here in Ecclesiastes 6, uh, Solomon, he takes us on, and I want you to read this at your leisure. Again, we have read this the last couple of weeks, but I want to just share a couple of things because, uh, again, I don't think we really understand how distracted we are as people. And technology it ha has almost made us to become a mute society because I'd rather text you than call you. <laughs> I mean, I could call you. Know, you, you ever had that person who will call you? You won't answer the phone, but you immediately, what's up? Rather than saying, hello, we'll just text and say, what's up? Are you here? Uh, uh, but then again, the, we're so busy, or uh, uh, I would even dare say some are so nosy that, that they can't really go throughout the course of the day and be productive because I got to see who doing what. I have to see who's saying what, and I have to see who's increasing, and it's doing nothing but bothering people and ripping people to the core. But Solomon takes us on a reflective journey through his life, explaining how everything he tried, he tested, he tasted, had been nothing but vanity. Uh, he was saying, I've had the best, tasted the best, experienced the best, but without God, he said, it's only vanity. It's empty. It's foolishness. So he asserts throughout this passage that it would be better for us not to have been born than to live life even twice a thousand years, and forfeit the purpose in which God created us. And that's what we're doing. When we live life void of what God has created us for, we are literally living a pointless life. That's why the things of God for the believer should be primary, number one. N notice, even your word, your Bible tells you that nothing should come before God. Not mama, daddy, children. Work, they are all important, but God must be first. And let me say something. Any area in your life where God is not supreme, where God is not first, and we've seen this throughout this teaching, you're going to experience great difficulties and challenges because I have no direction. I have no guide. Are you with me? And for a lot of people, we make excuses as to why mama is first, as to why daddy is first. As to why, here come here my big one, children, don't, you better not say nothing about my boy, about my girl. And we know you love your boy or your son or your daughter, but relative to spiritual things, put God first. Watch this because this goes back to the old covenant where the word of God tells us, you know, to write these words on walls, put them on the doorpost. That way you are training your children, I'm paraphrasing, how to serve me. When they get older, as a matter of fact, Proverbs tells us to train up a child 
in the way that they should go. So when they are mature, they will not deviate or depart from it. And if we're not careful, we're going to raise a generation who no longer calls on the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Shaquita, John, John, Billy, Susie, Mama, Daddy. And if you're a believer, you are doing your family, your children, a great disservice by showing them how not to honor God. No, 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 no. You are doing them a great disservice by showing them how not to honor God. I'm grateful to this very day for my parents because they showed me how to put God first. And one of the things I love about my dad, the late great Bishop James R. Rick Sr., is that he was balanced with it. He knew how to, 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 to keep God first and spend time with the family. He knew how to, to balance life. No, you come, came to my house, there was prayer every day. Friends over or not, everybody got on their knees when it was time to pray. Are you here? No, no, you came over, you're going to get instruction, you're going to get wisdom, which you, you about, uh, don't see that anymore. Again, today, we don't even, most people don't even know their neighbors. But growing up, it was a community of people. Everybody knew everyone. <laughs> and if you were, everybody knew what you believed, everyone knew what you stood for, and I think everybody on our block went with us to church on multiple occasions. And if they're not saved, it's their own fault because they knew, and some of them are. But here, Solomon asserts, listen to this, that it would better not to be born than for you to live on this planet a thousand years twice and forfeit your God-given purpose. And, and you have to remember, these are the words from one who had it all. He had tremendous intellect, tremendous power, and wealth. So he knew what he was saying. Then he says this, and this is found in Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. This is what he's saying. Listen, look at me for a second. He said, after all of this, this is the whole conclusion of the matter. If you want to sum your life up, it could be summed up in this, to serve God, keep his commandments. What do I mean by commandments? His word. Watch this. Watch this. For this is the duty of all men to serve everybody, everybody breathing, everyone who has an earth date has the responsibility. Whether they are doing it or not, you were created for this reason, what? To serve God. <laughs> are you here? That's why the script Proverbs 29:18 tells us happy where there's no revelation, where there's no prophetic revelation, that redemptive revelation, that thing revealed to you, people run wild where there's no vision. So when I have no vision, then you literally run wild. But happy is he who keeps the law, what? That which has been revealed to him. So when you get in that place where God has called you to be, that's where you get fulfillment. That's where you get contentment, joy. And most believers, I would submit to you, are dissatisfied because they're not in the purpose and plan of God for their life. And the only way you can discover it is by being in God. Are you here? Do you see this? Uh, did you show them Ecclesiastes 12? So he says the whole conclusion of the matter is to fear God and keep his commandments. Now, th there, there's one hindering habit that all have struggled with at some point in time and some still dealing with it. And it's called excuse making. That's the most dangerous of habits because you will never thrive as long as you are an excuse maker. What are excuses? Invented reasons we create to defend our behavior. <laughs> Invented reasons, something we've conjured up 
to defend our behavior. To po- it's something we do to postpone taking action. Taking action, I'm sorry. It's something we postpone in order not to take action. It's a means of neglecting responsibility. It's placing the blame of an internal problem on an external condition. And you would be amazed at the number of people who are sitting in here now who are still choosing to harbor things. Or you hear some of you haven't forgiven people for whatever reasons. That's a choice. And we make excuses as to why we do it. I didn't understand. You don't have to understand. It's for you. When I forgive you, it's for me. Y'all missing that. What do you mean? I don't understand why he did me like that. You may not never understand why she did you like that. But if you forgive her, you'll begin to find freedom and release. You're choosing not to be held captive by that thing which you don't understand what happened to you. Happened to you, why it happened to you. But if you forgive, you'll find some solace. It's people in here who visited and visited. And I love you. We love you. But still have it committed because of an excuse. Still, we're not the other church. Uh, don't, hold, don't hold against me, against us, what they did. We're not them. We, we still love you. We've been treated, mistreated, and lied on, talked about, stabbed, cut, and we still love you. See, I don't make no excuses. Are oh, you here? People still make excuses as to why they don't honor God with a tithe, with an offering. And, and, and just let me say this. Uh, uh, the tithe was before the law, under the law, and after the law. We're just talking about a dime now. And we tithe now as, a, as an indicator to show that God still lives. It says that he is the source of my possessions. He is the reason why I am blessed the way that I am. But there are people who still make excuses as to why. Listen, whether, whether we supposed to do it or not, he's been too good to me to fight, fuss, kick about 10 cent a dime and spend twice as much on cigarettes and, and weed and alcohol and porn, porn and, and drug or whatever we, whatever people spend it on. I don't know. Y'all help me out. Y'all, what's some of the stuff we spend it on? Y'all talk back to me. We make excuses why we don't give. Why we don't, Lord, what is it? And, and, and let me show you how, how the, the best to get out of your money, the best to get out. Just, just let me give you a, a 30 second uh, excerpt for how you can get the most out of your money. I already know what a tenth is. It's 10% of your earnings. Okay, if and just let me say this: what, just because you tithe and give an offering, whether you do either, both or not, that not constitute a giver. A giver is one who gives beyond this. What we do in church, because the, re- we, the reason why a lot of Christians are broke because they don't give anything outside of church. Ain't never as much as bought somebody a Big Mac or a, or a Coca Cola, uh, a pack of juicy fruit, J- just stingy. And they wonder why they don't get. But see, when you give, you know, Ecclesiastes says, listen, every opportunity you have, you are to sow. Because as long as you are sowing, you can always be reaping. And see, the reason why money always come in for your pastor and some of you is because we're always giving. I'm looking for the opportunity to bless people. But the best, the best way to get the most out of your money is that when you get it, wear it before God. Lord, I got $3,000 this week. 
We walk by faith. You said in all of our ways, acknowledge you. I don't know what to give us the offering because out of this 3000 my flesh saying give you $22. But, I, Lord, what would you have me to do? And whatever he says to do, do it. There you go. That when somebody breakthrough. And if you apply that principle, see if it doesn't work for you. But people still make excuses as to why they don't all again. I can't afford to. But so if you can't afford to do that, you can't afford to do these other things. You can't afford for little Johnny to take karate. Little Susie to take ballet. Your husband to take race car driving lessons. But see, we don't we don't make excuses for why you're getting your hair done every week. And they tell me your hair, a good hairdo costs you about $150, $200. That's on the good side. What a, a good haircut costs what? $20, $30? And if you get it shaved, that's another $150. And what it costs to get it shaved? I don't know. I, I haven't been to a barber shop in God knows when. How much it costs? $20, $20 for a shave? Who needs a shave? I'm shaving all people who need women and men at the end of service. Some of y'all women kind of, you, you got a little, little shadow going on. You need to get that neat. Look a little rough around the edges. Sporting that goatee. <laughs> I'm just serious. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Let it out. Let, let people see it. <laughs> Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. It, 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 see, it, just a little, little funny thing. When I wanted to grow hair on my face, I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, I, I wanted to... I, then when I got about 30, everything wanted to grow. And I said, I'm not, no. No, you're not. You ain't about to do me like that. So if it looked like it's growing, I'd shave it off. You should have came when I wanted you. <laughs> 30 years, I wanted you when I was 21. I look at my son, I'd be shaving him up. I'm like, yeah, I look at him this morning, I said, this boy can have a beard in about six months. 14, my baby, my face was slick as a, I like, my God, this boy already got hair on his chin. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Excuse making, listen to this, is the exterminator of all potential. Excuse making is the exterminator of all potential. So notice Solomon said, it's better not to be born than to be born and not fulfill your God-given potential. And if there's something that will hinder you from filling your God-given potential, it's called excuses. And listen to this. We miss out, I would write this down, on unimaginable blessings whenever we live a life of excuse-making. You don't know what you've missed out on when you live a life of excuse-making. We miss out on unimaginable blessings whenever we live a life of excuse-making. And a lot of people, watch this, have excused themselves right out of a blessing, all because they made up an excuse. Now, on last week, and I want to start talking about overcoming excuse making, we talked about the dangers of excuse making. And when you are a person who lives a life, who lives a life of excuse making, it keeps you from dominating. You lose your power whenever you make excuses. You forfeit your ability to thrive whenever you make excuses. You relinquish. You're saying, I relinquish my power from thriving over this thing or beating this thing by making an excuse. You put yourself in a place 
of being a victim instead of a victor when you make excuses. You, now you play the victim. Oh, had I been born of another persuasion. Oh, if I were only born in a different household. Oh, if only daddy was here. Oh, if only mama was here. Oh, if only he. And we have people born without a mother or a father who chose not to make excuses and they're thriving today. Are you here? What they done or what they didn't do is only a small portion. We're not negating what happened, but that's just a little bit in a much larger picture. Because still at the end of the day, if there's one who rose above it, that means if he did it, I can do it. Watch this. And if there is not a one, you become the first one. Are you here? When we make excuses, it, it, it makes you blame others. You blame circumstances. And some have got so clever now to even blame God. Every time something bad happens, people want to blame God. Why are you blaming God? The devil, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Why did God send a tornado? God didn't do it. Let me, let me share this, and I'm not teaching on this today. But the moment Adam sinned, the earth went into a state of decay. So when you see hurricanes and tornadoes and things happening uh, 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 relative to, to lands, that's just the earth decaying, part of, it, part of its decay. Even the earth yearns for a new body just like you. <laughs> What is it, uh, Romans 8, 21 or something in that? So the earth, that's just part of the decay. So we can't say it's God. No, that's the earth yearning for a new body. So why does it have to be God? Are you here? So, so again, just to, uh, and it's not because people were sinning. Let me tell you something. You're not going to find a place where people are not living in sin. And if the tornado hit this city because people are in sin, it needs to hit every other city because they're in sin. So it's not God. Are you here? Now, although he may have allowed it to happen, I want to submit to you the reason why he's allowing it to happen is because the earth, again, is in a state of decay. Are you here? For we know that the whole creation groans in what? Labors with birth pains together until now. What was the New Living Translation version? Are you here? For we know that all creation has been what? Groaning as in the plans of childbirth right up until the present. What verse 21 say? The creation looks forward. There it go. The first, the, the creation looks forward to what? The day when it can, will join God's children. What? In glorious freedom from death and, see? So the earth is saying, I want a new body too. So it's not God. And we make excuses. Why we don't go to church? Well, if God's so good, why? I can't, I don't know why it happened to her. But you can't blame God. What about if we ask her what made her do it? What about if we ask him, why did you do it? Are you here? Then we could go ask. Maybe Holy Spirit told him not to go, but he didn't listen. Maybe Holy Spirit said don't, but she didn't listen. I don't know. But and my point is this. We can't always automatically point the finger at God. And more so than that, the, the, the most important question is, did you minister Jesus to her? Because if you did, you ought to feel all right right now. We can, I don't know what happened. Maybe you can ask her over yonder. But as for now, did you, say, did you share Jesus with him? With her? See? 
When you make excuses, it opens you up to bitterness and resentment. There are a lot of people who are bitter and resentment. You know why? Because you're making excuses as to why you're holding on to whatever. Did you hear what I just said? So people who are unforgiving are bitter, very resentful. Yes, they are. Why? Because they have chose to make excuses as to why they're holding them. I apologize when he apologizes. Where's that scripture? When they come to me first, I'll say I'm sorry. But just tell me what chapter and verse can that be found? And see, again, that doesn't minimize what someone done to you. But you have to remember, forgiveness is always for you. I don't know why we on this. Let Holy Spirit move. But forgiveness is for you. You're saying, I'm choosing to release or free myself from this offense. And let me say this, people. The opportunity to be offended, listen to this, is not leaving. I, I would write this down if I was you. Taking offense... Is a choice. When you receive offense, when you let things get to you, you willingly chose to take it on. You didn't have to be offended. It is hypocritical, just to give an example, for you to get livid when a Caucasian person call you the N-word, but you smile and give somebody a dap that's of a different persuasion. See, that's foolishness. So how come you can call me that and I'm okay, but I get upset when you call it? I'm offended when you say it. See, that's a choice. Because I didn't get offended when you called me. Are you here? And we let things, listen, things don't have to bother you. You know why things bother you? It's because you let it. You know why things get you upset? It's because you took it on. You said, I accept that. Yeah. Are y'all here? And let me tell you something. You are not of this world. You are in it, but you're not of it. And as Christians, let me encourage you. Stop buying in. You are not worldly folk, man. You conduct yourselves on a whole nother level. Don't engage in the foolery and nonsense of the world. But things bother you simply because you chose to. He didn't have to say it like that. You didn't have to receive it like that. You didn't have to take it like that. She could have said it a different way. You could have received it a different way. See, it's all, see how we just shift the blame? Didn't have to offend you. That's why we have to, let me tell you, a good thing to do to ward, ward yourself against offense is to die to yourself daily. In other words, this is not about me. Lord, let your will be done. I'm a believer. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ. That means even rise above taking the offense. <laughs> Who's that for? You don't have to be offended. And see, watch this. Every day you hold an excuse, it holds you even tighter. You give it, you, you feed it. Woo. Like, a, like giving water to a seed. And watch this. It eventually gets so big that it, it you, I mean, that, that stronghold so big that it, it's, it's not, I mean, you just, whatever it say do, you do it. But it's a choice. That, that's why you have to do something which we're going to talk about here in a second. Again, the more you make an excuse, the, the tighter a grip it has on you. you. How long you can blame whoever for why you... Some people still procrastinate, and they blame it on every past. It's just, you know, I, I, I got uh, low-energy syndrome. But it never seems to affect you when it's party time. When I want to get crunk, it never seems, I got all the energy in the world. 
But when it's time to do things of the kingdom, pastor, it just wasn't a good day. That, that, that low energy syndrome, it just it, it, it got me today. It, and it seems to affect some people just on Sundays and Wednesdays. And every other Saturday. And once a month on Thursday. But never Fridays. Never Saturday nights. Number one, we're talking about overcoming excuse making. Number one, you have to, number one, denial. Stop being in denial. Denial of reality. Stop being in denial. So that's number one. You have to do what? Stop being in denial. And see, when someone's in denial, they are desperate to avoid the truth. And that comes from the word deny, which means to refuse to agree or accede to. So when you are in denial, you are refusing to agree to do what's right. Just like, uh, again, the person who's holding off, they're in denial. And they're refusing to. Man, I ain't forgiving. Basil, he hurt me deep. I never would have thought he'd have did me like that. But the amazing thing, he's gone on about his life. She's gone on about her life. And let me tell you something, man. The, 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 from whatever it is, and, and there are even some, even watching possibly, are here, still bitter about a divorce. Man, let it go. She's moved on. He's moved on. Are y'all here? Let it go. Watch this. It's like this. There's nothing you can do about it now. Just, just be glad that you found out when you did. I mean, you, I, mean, I mean, you have put life on hold as if she was all of that. And not even open your eyes, but if you, if, if you look to the left, if you look to the left, watch this now, you'll be amazed of all the good things that's on the left. And I dare you to look behind you and take a trip sometime and by yourself. Don't know don't anybody, anybody, girl. I'm on a mission by myself. I'm looking and I don't want nobody in my business. I done got over it. I'm free now. And see, now, and see once you free yourself, get over it. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. At one time, he he might have been, she might have been the best next, the best thing next to sliced bread. But there's a lot of bread out there, a lot of good bread, bread that can pay the bills, bread that'll love you like the Lord wants you to be loved, bread that will give you the life that you so deserve. Instead of being yoked up. <laughs> Over somebody that wasn't good. You ought to be happy. You ought to be doing the happy dance. Lord, I'm so happy that he exposed himself. That she exposed herself while I'm still in my youth. While everything is still tight and right. And my 36, 24, 37 or whatever it is. While I still got my body. Intact. So you still don't want to get free. Still want to sit there and look at me like I still ain't ready to receive it. But if you release it and say, Lord, I'm choosing this day to forgive her, to forgive him, so my life can go on, man. Y'all here? Sitting up mad. Man, you better look up and enjoy life and get it together. You ain't been, the reason why you feel like that, you ain't been anywhere. Travel. Get outside of Georgia. Get outside of South Carolina. Get outside of Alabama. Get outside of New York City. 
Man, you'll be mad at yourself. I held that that long. Self, I'm about to give you a spanking. You better not never hold stuff again. You're missing out. <laughs> Talking about a nice car. This brother got a jet and you yoked up over somebody. Oh, no. God is better than that. Talking about a Bugatti, bump that. Let's go get on the jet. Hop a flight to such and such. I'm sitting here tripping. Are y'all here? Yeah. I don't know why we're on this, but it be people who really didn't have anything to add to the table. I mean, and you just, you just, just life just got you all in a nut and bit up and tied in a knot and, and, and you haven't even opened your eyes. Every time she's seen you, she cursed her out and talked bad to you. And here, God done created women that's nice and loving and, and gentle and kind. And man, and to have you, uh, boy, you just ain't met the right one. I don't get it. You better stop making excuses. <laughs> you can wait if you want to. Because Susie said, I'm not an excuse maker. I'm going to execute. And who you talking about? How she get him? She don't make excuses. That's how she got him. How he get her? Not her. How he get her? He's not an excuse maker. Are you here? <laughs> let's, let's, let's get back to this. Number one is what? You, you have to stop being in denial. Stop being in. What's number one? Stop being in denial. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered how gifted people with the ability to analyze complex information ignore facts directly in front of their eyes? I mean, I mean, they have the ability to analyze anything that's complex. I mean, they can think through, but but yet they ignore facts that are directly in front of their eyes. Watch this and refusing to see it. Even when ignoring the information might be disastrous. That's a person who is in denial of reality. I mean, they know. But if I hold this, it's going to make me that much bitter. But I don't care. I like being like this. Hadn't slept in God knows when. <laughs> Haven't even as much as smiled. Toss and turn all night. Go out and can't even enjoy a good meal. Food, even the food go down angry. <laughs> Settling in your gut angry. That's why you had them stomach pains and aches. That food, man. F food. Food talking about, let me out of here. <laughs> That's why, coach, renewing the mind is so valuable. Vital. Because here's the thing, here's the thing you got to understand: as humans, we experience a range of power, powerful and complex emotions, such as desire, greed, pride, revenge, the need for status, shame, humiliation. These emotions exert a strong influence over a person's ability to interpret facts. So that's why a lot of times you know what's wrong, but you have such a strong desire to watch this. You have such a strong desire. To, to, to have some kind of clout with people, that you still make bad decisions off of that need to be accepted. 
You know you can't afford to do that. You can't do what he do. But because I want them to feel like I'm on their level, I spend my rent buying bottles at the club. Are you here? Boy, this is good. This is good. Same thing what I just said. There's such a desire for revenge. I know what's wrong, but but because of that desire to show them, renewing the mind is so vital. And and let me say this. As a believer, if you're going to be transformed, you got to get in this word. And a lot of times, watch this, when your eyesight is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. And we perceive wrong because we believe wrong. So since I believe wrong, everything else is full of darkness. Psalms 119, 130. Uh, I'm not sure on the time. How many minutes have I been up here? 48. Let me give you, I'm going to give you one more, man. Look at this. Your word is a doorway. Do y'all see this? That lets in light. Notice when your eyes are bad, Matthew 6 says, your whole body is full of darkness. So if I want to expose this darkness, I need to get into the word. Your word is a doorway that lets light in and it helps gullible. What do you mean gullible? People who are easily deceived. And you, when, I, when I'm thinking I'm always right and is everybody else fault, you're deceived. So I need the word of God to help me to understand me. Are you here? I was sharing with one of, one of the leaders, leaders was telling me last night, they were saying, Pastor, you know, um, it wasn't until I was honest with myself that I began to see a change. And they, go, they went on to say, because you were telling me, hey, there's more in you, you can do better. And I was saying to myself that I, I, I actually thought I was doing the best that I could do until I had a look at self for real. And see, that's a big problem for people. They are afraid to look at so bent on is everyone else. Which brings me to my next point. You have to stop defending why you make excuses. Defense. Stop defending your excuse making. No, for real. Stop defending. And, and even some spouses and those in relationships, stop making excuses as to why she has to take accountability for herself. So does he. Well, he had a hard day. How come he ain't hit the boss? If the boss, the reason he had a bad day, smack him upside the head. I mean, I'm not advocating fighting, but I'm saying I'm not a punching bag. This is just an example. I'm not that this happened here. Are you here? Well, 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 uh, well, Pastor, you know, she grew up without a mother. So did she. But she doesn't act like. See the difference? And we make excuses, even for the children. Pastor, his daddy was hard on him. No, if he was that hard, he'd make, he'd do, he'd have a little something, something. My God, man, the men, fellas, guys, listen, if, you, if your father's not around, connect with us. We got mentors. Let, let us help mentor you. Because the, the, I'm going to tell you, the days of the real fathers are slim and few. See, I grew up in an area where fathers were fathers. There was no confusion about who you was or what you supposed to be. No, boy, girl, that's it. I feel you feel boy, that's what you feel. You feel girl, that's what you feel. 
There was no such thing as not working. I was working as early as eight, nine years old on the job site, stacking brick, stacking block, making mortar. Then when I got old enough, he showed us how to lay brick, make mortar. Then watch this. There was no standing around. And, and this is what, y'all, please get this out of your mouth. I don't know. You're making an excuse. You ain't even tried. It, it, it could be something that's putting something together. And you say, well, well I don't know. Try. I haven't even tried. One of you, you can Google how to put it together. What is it? I don't know. How to put what I don't know together. And Google will tell you how to do it. I don't know what it is. How to put together something that you don't know what it is. And Google will say, this is what you do. <laughs> but there are no excuses, man. No, you were going to work. I didn't wear flip-flops and still don't wear them. I, I tried to buy them when I got older, but I just can't do it. I, I, nothing gets, even at the beach, it's hard for me to wear, I don't even wear flip-flops. I just go barefooted. I just look like Tarzan at the beach. <laughs> because growing up, my dad, the thing, see, his thing was get you some construction boots. One, because he laid brick by profession. He was a pastor, but he was by, uh, a brick mason, a rock mason by profession. So watch this, his other profession. So on the job site, you had to have on boots. There was no wearing. You can't wear flip-flops on the job. I didn't even take, I didn't even take my shoes off around my daddy. What no barefoot walk around the house? No, we, we, you, you have your pajamas with boots on until you went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> he was serious about that thing. He put the fear in me. He would not see my feet. And I, he's not. I'm going to work. <laughs> but his thing was teaching you, hey, man, when you go to work, you, you dress for you going to work like you're going to work. He, he, he didn't even wear sneakers. He tried it. He couldn't. He, I think he bought a pair of sneakers one day and put them on for like one day, and it didn't even wear them anymore. He always wore bucks, uh, you know, the little suede bucks or boots. That's, that's what he, or, or dress shoes. But he, he taught you how to, and there was no, you don't know. Find out. I want you to think. We're not going to make excuses. Are you here? And matter of fact, he said, whether you choose to do this or not, I'm going to teach our profession so you never have to make an excuse as to why you don't. Boy, y'all. And, we, and we'll make excuses for our children. Pastor, he, he, you know, he didn't do good in school. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't even finish school in multi-billionaires. Pastor, she was, she, 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 she didn't. She was this and she was that, and we just make excuses. And the worst thing you could do is be an enabler. I'm done. I'm, I'm not even going to give y'all all this. Okay, but I give you this, and I because I, I don't went over my time. But but let me say this: there's this show that come on Wednesday nights. I like to watch and wind down after Bible study on Wednesday nights and it's called My 600 Pound Life. They done got life, they got one now, Family by the Ton. Yeah, you watch it on life, uh, I think it's TLC, Family by the Ton. Yeah, yeah, watch it. Watch it. And, and, and what, what gets me, what, this is what gets me. The, the person is literally bedridden. Give me, give me some soft music. They're literally bedridden, right? And you can't even get out of bed. I'm like, you can't even slide to the refrigerator. <laughs> you can't even reach. <laughs> so I'm like, somebody 
is an enabler. Then they go visit the doctor, and doctor, doctor now be like, well, what's going on? And they still make excuses. No, no, doc. Doc, I've been doing what you And he's like, there's no way you could do what I've said to do. And you're gaining. Then it's always the enabler. Look like they starving. Look, watch it. I promise you this is not. The enabler looks like they not even eating. <laughs> like, I'm not, give me your plate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but watch this. And you know why the person, and sometimes we feel guilt for whatever reason, uh, which is an excuse, as to why we keep enabling people. Don't be an enabler. That's the worst thing you can do is hinder somebody. And see, they'll never see themselves as long as they got somebody who's making an excuse for them. But you have to stop defending your excuse. Listen to this. This excuse is used to justify one's actions. It's an attempt to acknowledge that I'm wrong while simultaneously avoiding the responsibility for what I've done. You see that? It's always, I'm sorry, but. There's always, and this may be the most dangerous and self-deceptive form of excuse because it tears without the desire to change. They'll they tear up and they'll, oh, but there's no desire to change. It looks like true repentance, but it's really just a throwing, empty, but, it's, but it's just really throwing empty words around in an effort to remove the pressure of guilt. Defending your excuses. So number one, stop living in denial, being in denial. Number two, stop defending your excuses. And I'll give you more the next session. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.